<laughs> I was I laughed again when I heard you do the body of a goddess <laughs> in the last episode. It was so good. Okay. Hi. As well. Hello. How are you? You know, I'm just eating all my candy. Where did my candy go? Is that it right there? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. I am excited about the story did I have get to a tell beverage? you today. No, but I can't drink it while I'm talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. I don't mind it. <laughs> I think we need alcohol next. Uh, oh, hey. Welcome to the Witch's Magic Murder Mystery Podcast. Yeah, welcome. I'm Kara. I'm Megan. Thanks so much for joining us every week, you guys. It's Tune been so in. fun. We keep texting each other and being like, did you see how many plays we got? That Like, it's yeah. so great. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so fun to, like, just, I don't know, get to tell each other stories and you guys tune in. And we love all that. We've got so many emails and messages. Please keep doing that. We love hearing from you. And oh, yeah. It's also fun just to get story ideas. I've heard so many, like, weird stories from other parts of the country. I know. Stuff I've never heard. And I'm like, ooh. Yeah. So we've started a list, like a little spreadsheet. Yeah. We've been keeping all these things so we can just, like... That's what's so fun. We've got so many ideas now that it's yeah. like we have to keep a spreadsheet. Well, and now we have like these little short stories that we can kind of tell on video too. Yeah. I've been putting some up on TikTok, which I, I, I need to put on Instagram and I keep I forgetting. I need to get better about putting my face on there. Okay. Yeah, look, Kara, she doesn't like to put her face up on I things. Don't. I don't. I don't understand why. Look at her. If you're on YouTube. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I've always just done that. I just talk on instagram well it's so funny because i'm like that when i'm with clients like i'm a funny person yeah but i just i'm weird about it and i'm the opposite when i'm in front of people i'm like mm, i don't need to speak <laughs> no maybe it's because my dad was a storyteller and i'm just used to it maybe maybe i'm definitely not a uh i don't know i'm quiet in person if you ever meet me in person and you're like megan's snobby it's not i'm just she's quiet. observing she's taking it all in. that's what i she's do she's reading the room yeah, it's not that I'm shy either. I'm not shy. I'm just no, but trying I'm, to figure everybody yeah. out before I decide yeah. if I should talk. And if I'm hungry, I'm not going to talk until I've eaten. So. No. <laughs> I just love food. Okay. Okay, tell me. So, I, as I said, we've had a lot of new listeners lately. And last week, Kara and I both decided that we should maybe do like a re reintroduce ourselves. Yes. And so, we did that. And in my introduction post, if you guys saw it on Instagram, I talked about how one of the my earliest cases I ever really got interested in was a book that I picked up at the local library because I used to walk there every day after school and yeah (laughs) basically that's that's me and it was called fatal seduction Mm -hmm. and that was this case that I'm about to tell you and the reason why I got so like what about it is because this happened in Lexington yeah and I you know I grew up like 40 miles south of Lexington and we used to come to Lexington you know on the time. Yeah. It's like once a week or something. That was the only place to go shopping, really. That was like the main thing, I guess, of realizing that like this stuff happens even close to me. And which felt very strange when I was like a kid growing up in like a tiny little farm town, you know? Mm -hmm. So today's a murder episode. I love it. I know. And not that I love the murder. Right. But I I just love listening to stories <laughs> i got a lot of my information from snapped killer couples it's season Ooh. one episode six uh, if you want to check that out elizabeth zender grew up in roanoke virginia she was known as one of the pretty girls like she was also really smart but she was known more right. for being pretty than smart she was really extroverted flirty outgoing fun you just kind of get the impression that she had a good time yeah in high school She graduated high school in 1984 and headed to the University of Kentucky. 
Mm-hmm. There, she joined the UK marching band's flag corps. Oh. So the lady on Snapped is also the lady that wrote the book about this case called Fatal Seduction. And her name is Rena Vicini. She talks, it is so Kentucky. She talks so slow. I love it. And so her her drawl is so long that I was just like, <laughs> oh, Kentucky. No. Anyway, she talked about how people, she was like, people think the marching band is kind of nerdy, but this one wasn't. And I don't know. I, I know that's a stereotype. Yeah. Was it like that when you were in high school? Like my high school, the, the marching band was like all the like, I don't know. They were just badasses. They were like all the rocker kids. They could play like drums. And I went to a tiny high school. I did too. Didn't marching band. You didn't have a marching band. No, oh, I did. I forgot that about. We you. didn't have a football team. We didn't have a baseball team. We had basketball and volleyball and track. I'm amazed that in Central Kentucky you had volleyball. Yeah. And like had scouts showing up to our games. Football. I don't know. I just always think that's whenever I it hear it. Weird. I'm like my my. High school band. I never thought yeah. of them as like the nerdy kids. No, but I also don't know what group I would have considered at my high school the nerdy kids. I don't know. Yeah. It was such a small school, and we all grew up together, and we all knew each other that it never really felt like that to right. me. Right? Like this is that group, and this is that. Yeah. So she <laughs> described the bus rides of the UK marching band as wild rolling keg parties. Huh? And I was like, I bet UK loves that you just said that. Yeah. <laughs> Go. Cats. <laughs> In the flag corps, Elizabeth met a tall, good-looking, well-liked upperclassman named Michael Turpin. Of course she did. And he was the band's drum major. Or a drum major. I'm not sure if there's more than one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was not in band. I don't, I don't know these things. No. What um, kind of drum was it? <laughs> Snare drum? It's the kind that you hit. It's a know. big drum. I don't know. It just... <laughs> and the major makes it seem like so he was he like the, the best drummer yeah do you have like the big hat was he like the team captain of the drummers i don't know if you're in the band tell us go ahead and send us a message yeah elizabeth is the one who asked mike out and pretty soon they had a really hot super passionate relationship cool. people who knew them at the time were like yeah they had sex everywhere <laughs> okay i was just like yeah so after just four <laughs> months of dating the two of them started talking about getting married, which sort of took people by surprise. They were like, oh, I just thought y'all had sex everywhere. Like, yeah. you want to get married? Yeah. It um, doesn't stay like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, especially in their case. So, oh, in God. August 1985, which is right after Mike graduated from UK and right after Elizabeth turned 19, they got married in downtown Lexington and honeymooned in Florida. So, that's 85. She started UK in 1984. Wow. So, and they got married in August. So, it had to have been less than a year. Yeah. That they were dating. They were married. Huh. I just can't. That's so young. That's so young young to get married. I got married young, I feel like. But, like, it worked out. I had a kid young, and then I got married at a normal age, I feel like. I don't know how I'd feel if my daughters wanted to get married at 19. No, I wouldn't let it happen. But that's the other thing. I don't know anything about her family. Right. Or her like, was she close with her family? You, I never learned anything about it. And maybe in the book, I can't remember. It's been, you know, years and years since I read it. Maybe in the book it goes more into, like, yeah. what her background is. But I don't really know what her family life is like. I don't know how she grew up. I don't know if she had a rough childhood. I have lots of questions about right. it based on what happens later. But I don't know. I just wasn't mature enough at 19 to even no. think about that. I have a friend who is like, I got married at 19, Megan, and I wouldn't let a 19-year-old pick out a pair of shoes for me like how yeah did I, how did i as a 19 year old pick out a husband for life yeah supposedly so and that's true like it's such a good point i didn't know who i was till i was 30 and also 
I'm a such a different person now than I was at 19. Yeah. That like I've actually talked to my husband where I'm like, I know I'm a completely different person now. Are you still yeah. okay with are you are we yeah. still good? Like yeah. Because I know I'm not who you married. Is this fine? He's good with it. That's We're okay. Fine. They got married, honeymooned in Florida, and they settled in South Lexington. They got an apartment. Mike got a job as an accountant and Elizabeth dropped out of college. That was gonna be my next question. Did yeah. she stay in? No. She got she dropped out of college to be a housewife, mm. which she didn't really enjoy. So she didn't like being a housewife. And I kind of get, like, they didn't have kids or anything. So it's almost like, what would you do all day? Yeah. What do you do all day if you don't have a job and you don't have kids? I mean, there's things to do. You yeah. Clean, I, I suppose. Like, I just... Shop. Go hang out with your girls. I personally would get so bored. Unless I had, like, a lot of volunteer activities or a lot... You know, I would have to yeah. have things to keep me busy. And it doesn't seem like she did. So she got a job selling cars. Oh. She was the only female salesperson at the car dealership, and she enjoyed that. Um, a big thing they, they bring up a lot is Elizabeth liked attention. And Mike worked long hours, so, you know, she didn't get a lot of attention from him. And she started hanging out after work with her coworkers. So the sex all over the city stopped? Uh, yeah. They got married, and apparently, <laughs> when you can only have sex at your apartment, it's just really boring. It's just really boring. <laughs> so a lot of her coworkers were single. And they drank a lot and did cocaine. Oh. So. Just getting wild. It's like those college bus rides all over again. I know. Apparently, the band is just craziness. My roommate in college, her boyfriend's roommate sold cars, and he was, like, the biggest partier I knew. Maybe that's, maybe like, a, a thing. Maybe it is a thing. Like, that's my impression now of, of car salespeople. That it's actually like, oh. makes sense because Sophie's dad's good friend is a car salesman back in when we were together, he was wild. Yeah. Like, the wild one of the bunch. If you knew he was coming into town, you just had to, like, sleep for three days in advance. <laughs> because it wouldn't stop. Yeah, so now anytime I'm at a car dealership, I'm totally like, are you all okay? Do you have... Is everything all right? Are you are you burying your problems with yeah. drugs? <laughs> and then I hug them all before I Is leave. Is there a lot of cocaine here? <laughs> yeah. Do you have cocaine in your, in your, in your desk? <laughs> just... It was at about this point... In watching Snapped, that I started getting a little bit annoyed. So, basically, Elizabeth was acting like one of the guys, right? Right. And the way they talk about it on the show comes off like slut shamey. Like, it's very, like, what a harlot. She liked to party, you know? She was always with the guys. Yeah. But I'm also, like, I get the fact that she's married yeah. is probably what makes it. The thing is, she does go on to be involved in a murder, so. Uh. <laughs> I guess she I deserves mean, to be shamed. Yeah. Um, so I actually put in my notes, pause for Megan rant. <laughs> oh, man. Because I'm super conflicted about it. Because I'm like, well, I mean, she is a bad person. Yeah. I want to be like, look, it's okay if a woman enjoys attention. It's okay if a woman likes to party. It's okay if a woman has, like, a big personality. Yeah. And also has guys as friends. Yes. Elizabeth was attractive and sexy, and she used that to her advantage. And that does not make her a bad person. I had this what conversation. She, what she did makes her a bad person. Yeah. Like I had this, but none of these things, but it's just, they start this episode just talking about, oh, Elizabeth, she moved to UK. She was real flirty and real whatever. And then she got yeah. this job and then she liked the party. And it's like, okay, all of the, all of those things you've said so far. Yeah. Are fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I had this conversation with a guy once because we were talking about women who are very obviously in need of being told they're pretty. Like they post a lot of selfies on Instagram. Or they just have, like, really attention-seeking behavior yeah. on social media in general. And my whole thought on that is, like, who cares? Like, why do you care yeah. if some other woman 
posts a lot of selfies on Instagram. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Why is this Just a thing? Just keep scrolling. Why is this a thing that we look down on? Yeah. I guess. Like, is it wrong that she either feels good about herself and right. posts her picture? Or is it wrong that she wants some attention? Like, yeah. why is that yeah. such a bad... So... Some reassurance. There are some women who've, like, never had anyone to make them feel pretty. Right. Or maybe they feel like nobody sees them all day because... Yeah. Their mom all day or their Mm -hmm. whatever their job is all day. Maybe they just like for a minute want to be something else. Like, it's completely logical that they might actually need a little attention. And why is that an issue? Yeah. Why do we ridicule women for that? (laughs) Why do we men? Yeah. I almost think men have it worse. Like if a man posts, a man posts a lot of selfies, it's like, oh. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. So. Yeah. A big mistake we all make is assuming that everyone thinks and feels the same way we do. And we're like, well, I would never post that many selfies. And, and it's then like, okay, then don't. opinion, then it's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. You don't need to. Yeah. But she's going to. And then just and keep. And why does that bother you? Yeah. Just keep scrolling. Don't. Don't yeah. send me messages about it. Does it, it bother just, you because you want to post a selfie? Yeah. And you feel like that'd be weird? Don't. Don't. Post your selfies. Do it. If you feel good about yourself, oh, you want to post your selfie? Post yourself. Post yourself. And then you can tag me and I will come hype you up. Yeah, we'll share it. That's the end of my magazine. Everybody rant. go post your selfies and tag <laughs> Post your selfie. Which is magic. If you feel good. Podcast in it. Even if you don't feel good, if you just want somebody to be like, dang, you look great today. I'm happy to see your face. Post your damn selfie. I yeah. don't understand. This it drives me crazy. Yeah. I just don't understand the point of sitting around and judging that. No. Having said all of that, Elizabeth sucks. So <laughs> I guess I'll stop defending her. <laughs> I just don't like that they're using all these examples to be like, what a terrible partier she is. Mm. To me, it's more of a matter of she's really self-centered mm-hmm. and she has no impulse control. Ooh. Maybe she didn't need to, con- she didn't see a need to control her impulses because right. she sucks. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't think about other people. I'm just really curious about what her childhood was like. Like, what were your parents like? How were you raised? How did you grow up? Where did you grow Like, what did you do? Yeah. Back to the car dealership. We'll that later. I told you that Elizabeth was the only female salesperson, but there was another woman who worked there. Her name was Karen Brown, and she detailed cars. Karen grew up in Houstonville, Kentucky. Have you ever been there? No. It's a really, really tiny little town. What's it near? Other places in Kentucky. (laughs) Danford, Danville-ish. I think if I'm wrong about that, just pretend I'm not. Yeah, Um, that didn't happen. It's a really tiny town, and Karen was a lesbian. So she grew up in the 70s mm-hmm. in this tiny town in Kentucky, knowing she was attracted to women, which could not have been easy. Like, yeah. no part of that could yeah. have been easy. So as soon as she graduated from high school, she moved to Lexington, which had already at that time a really well-established LGBTQ community. It and still, still does. does yeah. yeah. Like, we've got a great. It's yeah. great. I love Lexington. Karen's day job was detailing cars, but at night... She performed at local gay clubs dressed in male drag. Oh, cute. Specifically one called The Castle, which I'd never heard of. And so, I mean, I don't think it's here anymore. But it must have been gone even by the time I yeah. got to college. So her show was really popular and she was really well known in the gay and lesbian community. She used her connections in the club scene to get drugs and then sold them to her co-workers in the car dealership. Except when it came to Elizabeth, who never had to pay Karen for her drugs. Karen gave them to her for free. Oh. Karen was obviously very clearly infatuated with Elizabeth. And as we've already said, Elizabeth enjoyed attention. Yes. And she also super enjoyed drugs. So she developed a pretty big cocaine habit at this point. Oh. So she flirted right back with Karen and enjoyed her free drugs. Yeah. So now we're talking about that behavior. Um, I'm okay with shaming her for this behavior. Yeah. Because it's crappy. It feels yeah. like, I'm going to say this a lot, 
middle school girl behavior. Yeah. Like, I don't care who gives me attention. I'm just I will gonna use, use it them. and abuse it. Yeah. It's just she doesn't mind using people or toying with their emotions because she gets what she wants. Yeah. And it's like she hasn't developed that empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I have a middle school daughter and I almost feel bad for what I just said. Because I'm like, it she's not like that though. My daughter's a great middle school girl. But yeah, I knew girls in middle school like this who they got better. Yeah. You get better. Some of them did though. As you mature. Some yeah. didn't. It's true. Some of them didn't. Elizabeth and Karen went out a lot in the evenings, and Mike didn't love it. He wanted Elizabeth to spend more time at home at night. Because that's when he was home. Yeah, and it's not an unreasonable request, you know? Oh, and at this point, they've been married three months. Oh, this is in the span of three months. Right. Doesn't that feel weird? Yeah. So she must not have given the homemaker thing much time at all before she decided. Or... She started working at that car de- car dealership, and right away, it was like, I'm going to go out with these people Drugs every night. Flirting. I'm going to do all this cocaine. I'm going to take yeah. the free drugs. So, yeah, her husband didn't, he wasn't asking for anything outrageous. He just wanted her to come home, mm. and he didn't love the drug habit. Elizabeth and Karen got closer and closer until suddenly Elizabeth finds herself in the middle of a love triangle. Uh-oh. She apparently also expressed feelings for Karen, but, of course, she's married to Mike. Right. So nothing puts a damper on your new lesbian relationship like a husband does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is about the time that Elizabeth started claiming that Mike was abusive and that he would call and threaten her when she was out at night because he wanted her to come home. So this is sort of the routine. Mm-hmm. Mike works these long hours. Elizabeth works at the car dealership. And then she spends the evenings going out with her coworkers, including Karen. They drank and did drugs and spent a lot of time at the castle, which is that gay bar where Karen does her uh-huh. show. And that's it. Day after day, that's week so after routine. week, until February 3rd, 1986. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. At 6.30 in the morning, Lexington police receive a phone call. The caller states that their neighbor, a woman, is having an emergency. The police arrive and are greeted at the apartment by Elizabeth. She said she just returned home from a night out with her friends and discovered that her husband is missing and there's blood everywhere. Police noted that there were obvious signs of a struggle in the apartment. There was a lot of blood. Like, there was blood pulled on the floor. There was blood splattered on the walls. Like, you could tell there's been a fight. Ooh. Elizabeth went on to explain that she'd been out the night before with her friend Karen and that she'd had so much to drink that she'd stayed the night at Karen's, and that's why she's just now getting home. Because, again, Mm. this is 6.30 in the morning when the police got the call. Right. So police look at her. They look at the apartment, and they're like, okay, something bad has obviously happened. Yeah. Is there anyone who would want to harm your husband? Uh Uh-oh. That's when Elizabeth tells them, well, my husband isn't really an accountant. He's involved in organized crime. He'd recently confessed to me that he was connected to a mob-like organization in Lexington known as the family. I'm like, well, that's real creative. And he went by the street name The Shark. So I put a note. Let's just make fun of it. Get it out of your system. Let's go. The shark? The shark? I feel like she watched some really bad um, mafia show yeah. and was like, that's what they go by. The shark. That's a great note. Yeah. That's the what family. we do. The family. The shark of the family. Yeah. The huh? shark. What? Yeah. Like, Mike Turpin is described by everyone as this really nice guy. Yeah. Kind of quiet, kind of an introvert, but very friendly. People really smart. liked him. Yes, very smart. And 
<laughs> She's like, yeah, He's that guy. That guy's known as the shark on the street. That's so weird. Okay. You're Fuck. terrible at this. Investigators listened to the story and they were skeptical. Okay, thank God. <laughs> They're not stupid. Because always the other thing. These are the police. If there was some crime organization. Yeah. A mob-like crime organization in Lexington, the police would have some idea of it. Yeah. And, and they'd be keeping an eye on it. Yeah, and they didn't know. So next, they decided to talk to the person Elizabeth said she was with the night before. So they went and questioned Karen, who confirms that she'd been with Elizabeth, and then she, Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And then she <laughs> repeats almost exactly the story about Mike being a drug dealer known as the shark. Huh. Hearing Is she this, around Mike, too? Well, apparently it's really well known. He's the shark. Everybody knows the shark. How do you all not know this? All of us down at this board. We all know the shark. about him. Yeah. So actually hearing the same story from two different people actually made the police be like, I don't know. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's true. Yeah. So then another phone call comes in. City employees had found a body in the water at Lakeside Golf Course. Oh. Right away. Police recognized the body from the pictures they had of Michael Turpin. And finding this dead this guy, like, dead, floating in a lake also kind of looks like it might be mob-related, yeah. you know? So then they're yeah. like, wait, what is happening? Yeah. But then when the medical examiner, examiner looked at the body, um, he had 19 stab wounds. Oh. 19. So that's, that's not a, a quick. Lot. That's not a mob hit. That's not no. like a stealthy. Yeah. It's Lizzie but, Borden. Yeah. 19 stab wounds. It's messy. It takes a long time. It suggests a whole different type yeah. of crime. So it's like, that means passion, right. anger. This mafia was personal. Right. The mafia history. doesn't care. No. I don't care if you are the shark. Yeah. So now they have to wonder if this he is. clearly was low on the totem pole. <laughs> <laughs> I love how proud you are. Oh, oh, oh! Wait, wait! Don't, don't move on. Clearly, clearly, because the animals are on top of them. Anyway, anyway, you did good. You did good. I'm proud of you. So now they have to wonder who among Michael's family and friends wanted him dead. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm -hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo. T-Y-M-O. Uh -huh. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top-of-the-line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay, so I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately mm -hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments 
They're all amazing. You know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's right. going to be so tangled. Not with this one. Nice. And it's magnetic. So it's great. So right now, you guys, our listeners can get 30% off their first order at timobeauty.com. T-Y-M-O beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Menopausal and perimenopausal women, listen up. It's time to take control of your health and comfort and Winona is here to help. Winona is a telemedicine company for menopause care who believes that your symptoms are real, important, and deserve to be taken seriously. And for many women, this starts with hormone replacement therapy. Winona's HRT is made with plant-based, bioidentical hormones rather than synthetic ones, so it better aligns with your body to offer relief from hot flashes, weight gain, and other uncomfortable symptoms. 80% of women who use Winona find relief within just 90 days. So what are you waiting for? Get started today. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use code SPRING24 at buywinona.com for 25% off your first treatment plan. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com for 25% off. Winona, menopause care made easy. As we know, the spouse is always the first person yeah. you look at. So they went to talk to Elizabeth co- Elizabeth's co-workers to learn more about her and her relationship with Mike. And that's when they learned that Karen was in love with Elizabeth. Oh, and here it is. been spending a lot of time together. Here it is. Their co-workers told police that Elizabeth and Karen spent nearly every night at the circus. And I said, again, the gay club where Karen performed, which I think I have said every single time I've mentioned the circus. So if you all haven't gotten that yet, damn it, it's the castle. (laughs) I was like, wait, now I'm, it's the castle. I'm questioning things. It's the circus castle. The castle of circuses. I would love it if it was a circus. That then, so then they go to the bar. The bar. And they interviewed Karen's fellow performers. They told police that Karen Elizabeth had been at the circus the night, damn it, the place, the castle, the (laughs) night that Michael disappeared. (laughs) I really can't remember what it's called now. I'm questioning everything. (laughs) Why did I call it the castle at the beginning and the circus now? Don't know. I don't know. So they were like, yes, Karen Elizabeth were here that night. Karen performed, and before she performed, she dedicated her performance to Elizabeth. And when the performance was over, Karen bends down from the stage and kisses Elizabeth. A really long kiss right in front of everybody. So now police are like, well, that's weird. <laughs> that seems more like, you know, more than a casual friendship. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're really close. Yeah. We've never made out. No. Yet. <laughs> I mean, it's probably going to happen. The big question at this point in the investigation is, did Karen murder Mike so that she could have Elizabeth all to herself? Then police got a call from Karen's roommates. And they oh, tell. Yeah. They tell police that another person from the dealership had been with Karen and Elizabeth that night, and his name is Keith Bouchard. So that's not necessarily unusual. We've already talked about that, like, they, like, all all the co-workers kind of went out together. So um, initially when I first heard that part, I was like, well, I mean, he has bad taste in friends, obviously, but, like, I don't think just being at Karen's show. Yeah, that doesn't make him part of this. But then they said that he had spent the night with them that night. Oh, 
The next morning, he'd left to go to work, and a few hours later, he called Karen, Karen's roommates, and he was like, find my shoes and throw them away, <laughs> which is such a weird request. Why'd you leave without your shoes? I don't know. So they didn't find his shoes. But it's they... so hard to drive without shoes on. Oh, it's terrible. But they did find a pair of men's boxers with blood on them and some other clothing. Why are you doing it in your box? I don't know. I, I have questions about that, too. Of course, police brought Keith in for questioning, and he confirmed that he had been with the women that night. But when police brought up Mike's murder, Keith asked for an attorney. So oh. they don't get to talk anymore. Then we get an anonymous source who contacts the police. I really love how much of this investigation is like so many people. Yeah reached out and called the police and were like, listen, here's all your info. Which makes me happy. This anonymous source contacts the police and says, on the night of the murder, Karen had come to the source's friend's home and asked to borrow a gun, but the friend didn't give her one. So now police are like, why was Karen looking for a weapon on the night that Mike died? And why did Keith leave bloody clothing at Karen's house on the night that Mike died? Yeah. So they bring Karen in for questioning and it doesn't take her long to be like, Keith did it. Keith did it. Keith did it. Oh, my gosh. It's definitely Keith. Um, and the police are like, great. Figured this out. Yeah, here we go. Um, they'd already narrowed it down to Karen yeah. and Keith. And so at that point, they thought it was just one or the other, okay. you know. But then Karen keeps talking. Oh, God. And admits that Keith hadn't acted alone. She said that she'd restrained Mike and held her hand over his mouth while Keith stabbed him. 19 times. But why, Megan, you might ask? Why? (laughs) Why did they suddenly decide to kill him? Yeah. Why? How? Okay, let's rewind back to the drag show where Karen dedicated her show to Elizabeth and then bent down and kissed her. And Elizabeth and Keith are both there. Uh So then after that big public kiss, they all three go outside to smoke some pot. Uh While they're out there, Elizabeth is like, my car has been moved. It's still here. But I parked it over here, and now it's over there. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, clearly, since my car has been moved, that means Mike has been here. He must have followed me here and moved my car. Huh? Why? Why? Yeah, like, even if that's why true. Why wouldn't he just, like, if he got purpose? pissed about that, why wouldn't he just take it home? Right. Or follow her there and come in and get her. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just want you to know I was here. I like, saw what happened, and I moved your car. Why? Yeah, why would he move your car? That makes no sense. It's so dumb. Ugh. So, it's a, I put in here weird flex, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> she went on to say that during her last fight with, fight with Mike, here's more middle school behavior. He said he hated Karen and Keith, that he wants her home every night. She wasn't allowed to go out with her anymore, with them anymore, and he started to beat her. It's like, she, he doesn't even like you guys. Like, he but hates you. He told me her. so. They looked her over and she had no physical signs of abuse apparently not this is just where the he doesn't like it i don't know it never really said who's because she was dressing like a guy karen oh yeah karen not elizabeth karen i don't know so it said you know karen said that she held him while keith stabbed him so it could have been either one yeah i think now Mm -hmm. to them this has become a rescue mission because they need to save their friend from their from her 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 crazy abusive Car moving husband. Yeah. Who wants her home. Who so hates she, them. So she he hates them. them. Yeah. <sighs> so Karen tells Elizabeth, and think of this from Karen's point of view. She's in love with Elizabeth, and Elizabeth has just said, My husband hates you, says I can't see you anymore, yeah. and is and then beat me up. Yeah. 
And she took Elizabeth straight to her own apartment. We're going to take care of this for you. Yes. Everything will be fine. Yes. And she left her there so she knew she was safe. And then Karen and Keith left. As we already know, they went to some dude's house and asked for a gun. Right. But he didn't give them one. Yep. And then Keith remembers, oh, I've got a knife back at my trailer because he's a problem solver. So (laughs) (laughs) they get the knife and they head to Mike and Elizabeth's apartment. They knocked on the door and said, hey, like, we're really worried about Elizabeth. Have you seen her? Yeah. And we've been looking for her. We can't find her. And Mike is like, what? Wait. Because as far as he knew, his wife was with them. And yeah. now they're saying they don't know where she is. We can't so, find her. so he like right away opens the door and lets yeah. them in and they immediately attack him. Jesus. Yeah, it's really. So after Karen held him and Keith stabbed him, they rolled him up in a blanket and dumped his body at the golf course. Oh. And then they went back to Karen's apartment and they told Elizabeth, it's done. You don't need to worry anymore. We know all of that because Karen told the police all of that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, there are still so many questions. Like, why Why did Keith help? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Where did he come from? And how What's much doing? did Elizabeth know? Because the way Karen tells the story, it's like, I'm... I'm going to go do this. I'm going to take I'm going to leave you out yeah. of it. I'm, ch- I'm not telling you what I'm going to do. Yeah. But now I'm back, and he's gone, and you're fine now. Right. Then I'm like, was Elizabeth a victim of her own sex appeal? Like, her attractiveness oh, yeah. literally led people to do insane things yeah. for her, and it wasn't her fault? Or is she, like, <laughs> a master? I'm just so pretty. I can't even help it. <laughs> um, kill for me. <laughs> or was she, like, a master manipulator? Mm. Or were they all just, like, high as kites and just... Also, also, there's that. So, police know, like, there's there's more to the story here. So, what they do is they decide to charge all three of them with murder in the hopes that, like, if they're all three facing life in prison, then maybe one of them will finally oh, yeah. break and, like, turn, turn on the others. Yeah. So, Keith. Keith starts talking. Oh, God. <laughs> he pointed police to the murder weapons and gave a full confession, but his version of events is different from Karen's. Okay. He says Elizabeth was the brains behind the operation. Mm-hmm. And that the whole thing had been discussed before the night it actually happened. So this wasn't a spur of the moment thing. Oh. Elizabeth and Karen, that's it. Elizabeth and Karen came <laughs> up with this idea because it was the only way for Elizabeth to get, get out of her marriage. Because you know how divorce doesn't exist. Right. If only there was a way... To, like, legally... Not kill dissolve your spouse a marriage. and just, like, get rid of Like, you know, like, you could, like... You could just split up your things and, like, sign a paper and pay some court fees and be done with it. It's really a shame that you have to murder your spouse to get out of your marriage. I, I mean, what a weird world we live in where I that's know. the only way. Yeah. Anyway, they told Keith <laughs> that Mike was abusive and a bad person and needed to die. They offered Keith anywhere... <laughs> This is, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I'm just so annoyed. They offered Keith anywhere from two to $10,000 to kill Mike, which would be paid from Mike's life insurance policy, which was worth $60,000. Two, two to $10,000. $10, That's a big difference. It is a big range. And would right. that really be enough to murder someone? No. Even if it's 10. Like, 10000 is a lot of money. Right. Also, it's not that much money. It's right. not enough money to murder. It's not 60000 I'm just saying, you. I mean, you couldn't pay me any amount of mur- money to murder a person. No. But if I got murdered for two thousand dollars, I'd come be, back and haunt you. I'd be so mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd come back and be like, 
What did you do that for? God, what are you going to buy yourself with $2,000? My nose itches. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, deeply insulting. Okay. Two and ten. To be clear, just so I want to, I want this to be very, very clear. Police talked to Mike and Elizabeth's family and friends, and there is absolutely zero evidence that Mike was abusive in any way. Yeah. Not physically, not verbally. The story on Mike is that... He's a good dude. Yeah. Okay. I just want to, you know. So when they, when they, police are like, okay, so she's telling these people he's abusive, but apparently he wasn't. Why would she? Yeah. Why would she lie about that? So Elizabeth, Karen, and Keith were all indicted for Mike's murder and prosecutors were going for the death penalty because it was a murder for profit. And kind of like how the police did before, the prosecutors were thinking that the threat of the death penalty might get either Karen or Keith. To testify against Elizabeth. Mm. And they were right. Oh. It was Keith again. Keith's just always he like, just okay, like, okay, he's okay. He's like, okay. fine, guys. I knew I was the first one to ask for an attorney, but yeah. I guess I'll just spill the beans. So Keith took a plea deal and pled guilty to murder, and he became the star witness against Karen and Elizabeth. Oh. Get this. I'm ready. Karen was offered a sentence of 15 years if she would testify against Elizabeth. 15 years. For holding Mike down and covering his mouth while Keith murdered him. Her lawyer begged her to take it. And she would not testify against Elizabeth because she loved her. Okay, but you all are going to be in different jails and that's not... Oh, you wait. So... Oh, God. (laughs) Is this like uh, Orange is the New Black? So... Is this where they got the plot from? I don't get the impression that it's that hot at all. But no. So Elizabeth and Karen go on trial together at the same time. Okay. Like they sit together at the defense table. That's weird. Isn't oh, it? I don't think they weird. do that anymore. They had separate lawyers. Yeah. They both went they on trial. That's weird. And the trial was a big show. People lined up outside in the morning to watch people go in. And where Karen worked as a drag king at the gay club, that is either called the castle or the circus, she, like, there were drag queens who came in as witnesses, like, in full oh, drag. Oh, wow. I love I it. I love that I love so it. much. So, during the trial, Karen's attorney argues that Karen is completely innocent. Oh. And I know what you're thinking. But Megan. She's already said all these Karen things. confessed. Yeah. How can her attorney claim she had nothing to do with this? Well, let me, let me explain. It gets weirder. So apparently, back when Karen was being questioned by police, at some point she had asked about an attorney and even gave them a specific name. The police didn't recognize the name of that attorney, and they left the room to look him up, and they couldn't find him. They come back in to explain that to her, and that's when she just starts talking, which shouldn't have been allowed. Yeah. So the judge threw out her confession. So now all the, the only story they have is Keith's confession, which is still a good one. It, it's yeah. all the same details, yeah. except if you remember, Karen's confession is the version of the story that had Elizabeth as this innocent victim who had right. nothing to do with the murder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, her version was Keith and I acted alone in order to protect the woman I love. So yeah. throwing out Karen's confession actually hurt Ooh. Elizabeth's case. <laughs> so. During the trial, witnesses described the relationship between Karen and Elizabeth, as well as that big kiss that happened the night of the murder. And this is so so they were like, how long do you think that kiss lasted? And they're like, "Mm, 30 seconds. So then they do the thing where they're like, "Okay, everybody be quiet. We're going to set a timer for 30 seconds (laughs) so we can all just know how long the kiss was. Oh, my God. Okay. 
Um, and they made everybody sit there through it, like, awkwardly thinking about... <laughs> now they're making out. They're looking yeah. at them, you know? Witnesses were like, it definitely wasn't platonic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keith testified that Elizabeth had offered him a portion of the life insurance mon- life insurance payoff if he would kill Mike. And he detailed how Karen assisted him in the murder by holding Mike while he stabbed him. Then Elizabeth took the stand. And if you don't hate her already... Oh, what... She denied knowing anything about the murder. She said Keith and Karen came up with this plan because Karen wanted Mike out of the way because Karen was obsessed with Elizabeth. She claimed that she knew nothing about the plan to murder Mike. She also denied there was any sort of relationship with Karen. Oh, no. Karen is just my drug dealer. There is no romance. I always plant long kisses on my drug dealers in public. And now she has to go sit back down next to her? Yeah. 30-second kiss with someone. Like, this is just my drug dealer. Don't make it weird. Don't get weird. It's fine. I love to kiss my drug dealer after they give me drugs. And it's it's that middle school girl. Like, she's obsessed with me. She just I can't. I have so nothing much. to do with it. Um, Ew, David. Ka- Ew, David. Ew, David. Karen was devastated. I mean, can you imagine? She turned down this 15 years. She could have gotten 15 years, and that's it. Because this is the love of her life. And she She would. She was willing to murder for her and to commit perjury for her. And then also, she was going to go to jail. Yeah. For her. Because she loved her. Uh, Even after that. Order. Order in the court. Even after that, Karen went and testified. She could have. She could have gotten, like, right up there and been like, Listen, <laughs> listen, bitch. Yeah, tell me there was no romance again. Yeah, like what about this night? This night? This night? This night? The jury deliberated for one day. Hmm. Karen Elizabeth for all three of them. Well, he took a plea deal, so he okay, already yeah, pleaded yeah. guilty. He yeah. didn't have a trial. Karen and Elizabeth were both found guilty of first degree murder. Wow. Elizabeth had no reaction to the verdict, but Karen lost her mind. She screamed at Elizabeth and called her the devil, which I'm like, good, good. Yeah, now you have feelings, though? Like, I bet that was, like, one of the few times that Karen ever, like, just, like, lost it on yeah. Elizabeth, you know? Yeah. Um, they weren't sentenced to death. They were sentenced to life with no chance for parole for 25 years. Okay. So I looked them all up. Keith is at the Kentucky State Reformatory. He's 56 now. Elizabeth is at the Kentucky Correctional Institute for Women. She's 54. And Karen is also... At the Kentucky Correctional Institute for Women. She's 57. She hates her. There's there's no like, well, now we get to be in prison together. Yeah. No, they're in separate dormitories. And Karen has said that she avoids Elizabeth, which I would just really love for like Karen to kick Elizabeth's ass. Exactly. <laughs> like, I would just really love that it'd be a story like Karen Brown beat the hell out of yeah. Elizabeth Turpin today. Yeah. I'm not saying Karen did the right thing or anything like that. Yeah. But man, she like very clearly fell under the control yes. of a vicious, selfish. Manipulative siren. (laughs) So here's a little more. Elizabeth. There's more? Elizabeth got remarried in 1998 to a man she met on the internet. Huh? Microsoft programmer Robert Reichel, R-E-I-C-H-E-L, and Elizabeth Zender Turpin were married October 30th, 1998. In jail? In the chapel at the Kentucky Correctional Institution for Women near Pee Wee Valley. A spokesperson for the Kentucky Department of Corrections said the couple had met through a magazine ad. Also, Kentucky inmates are not allowed conjugal visits. 
Neither of them will speak publicly about their marriage. And as far as I can tell, they're still married. They were at least still married in 2011 because he's mentioned as attending her parole hearing in 2011. Uh, and I can't find any record that they've divorced. So I'm not sure. But I think they're still married. Is um, he on social media? Let's find out. And see what <laughs> I didn't go that far. <laughs> so back to the three murderers, Keith, Karen, and Elizabeth. They all came up for parole recently. Um, Elizabeth's hearing was just back in February of this year. Oh. Michael's family has been really outspoken and dedicated to making sure they all stay in prison. Good. Yeah. So during Keith's parole hearing, Mike's dad said the following. Each of us now have a sentence of life without parole. Uh, I just have a question for you. When do we get our parole? When do we get our parole? Mike is gone forever. The correct answer is never, which is what inmate Bouchard deserves. During Elizabeth's hearing, she tried to tell the parole board that she'd changed. Oh, bullshit. But the parole board members highlighted prison incidents involving (gasps) Turpin that mirrored some actions that led to her husband's murder. (gasps) So clearly at that point, I was like, whoa, what sort of shady stuff? Excuse me? So I went into like this Google home and I found this. (gasps) In November of 2017, Captain Rebecca Denham concluded an investigation into an alleged incident that occurred in May 2017 at the Kentucky Correctional Institute for Women. The investigation revealed that Elizabeth Turpin arranged for her present husband. So they must still be married as of 2017, too. Yeah. So they got married in 1998. Yeah. Still married as of 2017. No conjugal visits. Wow. There's a whole psychological study yeah. to be done yeah. of this man. Yeah. Now I want to go creep on him. Not everyone needs sex. I get that. But it's still, why would you marry this woman? Yeah. He won't talk about it. He, when it was, he Somebody asked him about it. And he's like, I'm not going to comment on our personal life. I'm like, when you marry okay, but no, this it's woman. It's public. Yeah. Sorry. You married her in a jail. So she arranged for her present husband to deposit funds into the account of Sierra Rucker, another inmate, for the purpose of paying Rucker to assault two other inmates. As part of the investigation, Captain Denham confidentially interviewed between three and ten inmates who gave consistent statements regarding the incident. So Elizabeth is still paying people (laughs) to beat people up to do her dirty work. (laughs) What a tool. That's my next thing. What a tool. Yeah. So in all three cases, parole was denied. And from what I understand, that was like it. That was their last chance for parole. You're done. They're done. They will serve out the remainder of their life sentences. Yeah. Which kind of makes me wonder about Keith's plea deal. Yeah. Like, what was his plea deal? Because it seems like he's serving the exact same sentence. Maybe it's just that, like, it guaranteed he wouldn't get the death penalty. Oh. And they just happened to not get the death penalty. Yeah. So a possibility, I guess. That's that story. What a crappy person. Yeah. And she probably doesn't even know she's a crappy person. You yeah. know what I mean? She's probably completely delusional. Yeah. She's just really pretty. Yeah. I've been a victim of being really pretty my whole life. I can't help I it that these so people... I have so many followers, and they just want to do things for me, and I don't I want to do them, so I'm going to not them have a relationship it. with Karen. Why would you think that? Just because we just hang out together all the time. And I made out with her all the time. What? Don't. Don't take it that far. <laughs> you just don't like me because I'm pretty. <laughs> My husband has a lot of money. My husband actually expects me to hang out with him at night. What? Uh, we like, had enough sex. <laughs> we had all that sex when we were dating. Why do we need to keep having yeah. sex now? Ew. Ew. So, there's that. God. That's a story Gross. of Elizabeth crappy human being Turpin. 
But I am, you know, one of the key things I think was how involved Mike's family stayed in all of this, even even after the trial. Like they went to every parole hearing. They stayed really good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what you'd have to do. Yeah. It's really awful because it really sounds like he was just a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. He probably was just like, yeah, we're in. I get, you know, we're young. I'm following all the steps. I got my degree. I I got my job. I have a big job now. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. This is what my parents did. Isn't it crazy how crossing paths, like he could have probably dated any number of girls in college. Yeah. And it's just like he met the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, though, like what if she hadn't crossed paths with the with car Karen, people. Or Yeah. What if she had gotten a different job? It's just yeah. so, you know, to sometimes to think about all the circumstances that had to come together. It's just yeah. Sad. Thank you for listening yeah. to this week's horrible story. Yeah, gross. <laughs> uh, what else? Do we have anything else? Uh, oh, the Facebook group has been really fun. Oh, yeah. We're really loving how there's um, some of you guys who are like, when when you see stories that you know we'll like, you're sharing them in the Facebook group, yes. and then you all talk about them together. And <laughs> Me and Kara are like, look at everybody talking about little friends. friends. It's so fun. It's so, so fun. Oh, and we also want to try to, uh, as things like open back up a little bit, mm-hmm. and we're... A little safer we want to do some meetups yeah that'd be fun we can do some local stuff yeah um not like a show just all of us get together and let's go sit on a patio i mean if we're that big i'm glad to do a show <laughs> yeah. like that but there's been no requests we yeah. are a show <laughs> we are the show so uh well, yeah we think that'd be fun yeah uh so yeah look us up on facebook which is magic murder mystery podcast discussion group yeah it's a private group but you should be able to find it and then we'll let you in there's a few easy questions to answer yeah uh find us on instagram at which is magic murder mystery mm-hmm. email us which is magic murder mystery at gmail.com yeah we'd love to hear any ideas you have yeah we're loving all of them all right thanks guys have a good week goodbye goodbye <laughs>